from San Diego, California, it's the Frug Life Podcast with your host, Ricky Hershey. Welcome to the Frug Life. We have a special episode of the show today. I went and I asked other personal finance content creators what they think about the market right now with the hopes of giving some insight to you, the listeners, on what you can do right now. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, this is Andre with Canusa Finance. I was asked to share my thoughts on the market and the economy, what I see happening and what we can do to make the most of it. There's currently a big disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. And because of this, I think we will see continued volatility in the markets this year. While times of high volatility can be great for making lots of money, it's also a way to lose a lot of money very quickly. Investing should only be done in what you understand, and investing shouldn't be done based on the news or emotion. With all of the money printing that's going on, we could see further devaluation of the dollar, also called inflation. The best place to see the true value of the dollar is in the price of gold. It's not as much the value of gold that is going up, it's the value of the dollar that is dropping. We are seeing rapid changes in the economy. Jobs are moving online and working from home is commonplace. The best investment a person can make at this time is in themselves. We can invest in ourselves by learning new skills that can make us more employable. We can learn how to invest. We can also upgrade our life skills, such as cooking or building or repairing things. Interest rates are incredibly low right now, except for credit cards, and we will probably be looking at a higher rate of inflation. Saving money in the bank used to be a way we could put our money to work. Not anymore. Only keep living expenses and emergency funds in the bank. With the low interest rates, this can be a great time to refinance a mortgage. While the bank will probably try to talk you into lowering your monthly payment, if you can, keep your monthly payment where it is so you can pay off your mortgage faster. I write about personal finance on my sites canusa.com and canusa.ca. You can also follow Canusa Finance on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey Ricky, thanks for having me. Hi folks, I'm the Financial Wolverine. My goal is to help educate people so they can create wealth. Just want to give you some insight on my current investing strategy. First of all, my portfolio is about 40% in emerging markets. I feel fairly comfortable in that position. I give almost 45% of my portfolio to strong dividend yield stocks. I got about 10% in commodities. The rest is mostly in flux. At the moment, I'm concerned a little bit about inflation, although in the near term and even long term, I'm bullish on U.S. equities and commodities. Anyone with a lot of money in a savings account should be worried, though. The government stimulus packages have been cramming money into the economy faster than it can suck it up. A little bit undecided at the moment on fossil fuels, but I've taken significant gains from the oil industry since March of this last year. It's likely that the current administration will continue to make things difficult for companies that aren't embracing green energy, Something to keep an eye on also is the long-term winners of the COVID economic shift. It is likely that this year we will experience a bullish stock market. I do expect longer term there will be a tax hike for U.S. corporations that will likely cause a dip, not just equities, but the U.S. economy as a whole. 
any company who has not been a winner throughout the pandemic is likely to be poorly positioned to thrive paying higher taxes. I think we'll also see interest rates slowly tick back up. So if you want your cheap loan, now's the time. For more from the Financial Wolverine, follow me on Twitter at 3-F-I-N-A-N Wolverine. My name is Gaius Caesar, International Outreach Director for Nile Holdings Investments. I am originally from the United States, but I have lived in Cairo for many years. I would like to take some time today to advocate for the growth of the Egyptian economy. Egypt is growing, they are expanding. In the coming 35 to 40 years, the urban area of Egypt will double from 7 to 14 percent, the same increase that was seen over the last 3,000 years. This is a huge and that should encourage foreign investors to come and invest. Look at all the historical data about Egypt and different sectors of the economy along with the real estate sector. If we merge the positive economic outlook of Egypt along with the strong fundamentals and historical data about the real estate market, I think we are in front of a very positive and very stable market in a very stable part of our economy. Egypt has developed 24 new cities from scratch in the desert in the last 40 years. Now Egypt has an ambitious plan to develop another 35 to 40 new cities in the coming 40 years. 14 of them are currently undergoing what's called the fourth generation of new cities. The new administration capital, New Alamein, New Mansoura, and in Upper Egypt. And the fourth generation of new cities is advanced compared to what we already have. The thing that we learn from this is the international experience is the focus of economic basis. How do you provide an economic base for a new city that allows the new city to flourish? In addition to that, we need to focus on the expected residence profile. In each new city, there is a target population which should come from a certain places based on the economic base and based on the strategic plan of the new city. Focusing on the expected residence profile, what kind of jobs and education are you looking for? What kind of education do they have? What kind of income do they have? We can provide the typical job facilities, housing facilities for them, infrastructure and services that will allow them to come in and live in the new city. Egypt has a population of 100 million who are increasing annually, about 2.5 million. The number of marriages recorded in Egypt in 2017 was about 1 million, and this is a big number that covers all segments. The supply on the other side is nothing compared with demand. The annual provisions of housing units is no more than 30 or 40,000 units. So the gap is increasing, and that covers all the segments from social housing to luxurious and upper end. So I think the real estate market in Egypt is very competitive. Real estate is creating lives, creating the proper atmosphere for people to live in. So if we look at the different non-residential assets, you will see something that is very interesting. We have a huge demand in schools, higher education, universities and colleges, hospitals and health facilities, commercial spaces, retail spaces. We need 10 times what we currently have to, to meet the demand. The real estate market in Egypt is very attractive and has a lot of opportunities for Egyptian investors and for international investors to come and invest. Well, that's where I come in. We're in the residential component or in the non-residential assets. We are trying to change a lot from the regulations from the general landscape and the investment market in Egypt. The good thing about this is that the government is full supportive of this step. The private sector is fully supportive. So I think that the joint efforts between the government and the private sector will achieve huge success. 
It's the right time for the real estate financing, for the project financing and mortgage mechanism to come in in place. We need to work as a private sector with the government and with different financial authorities towards finding new mechanisms that allows the real estate companies to get the required financing. Egypt is in a better position than we have ever been before with a stable economy and a stable political environment. This is really encouraging us to invest more in the real estate sector and to invite others to invest with us. So we are benefiting as a real estate sector from these reforms because actually these reforms confirm the strength of the real estate market, the resilience of the real estate market towards keeping investments as an asset that keeps your investment over time. Hopefully this was able to educate you about the uh, promise that the Egyptian real estate market holds in future years, um, if you are curious. If you are interested in involving yourself with uh, Egyptian real estate or learning more about how to spend frugally, uh, please uh, feel free to reach out on, on the Nile Holding Investment Instagram page. And remember to check out the Frugal Life podcast. Uh, thank you for having me and uh, good day. Hi, my name is Barbara Ginty and I am a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am the host of the Future Rich podcast, which you can find on Spotify and Apple, where I interview women about their money and help them make their money work better for them. We also interview experts in various areas of personal finance. So if you're looking to find out more about personal finance, give us a listen. Um, I am a fully licensed individual, and so I rarely talk about investing or the stock market on our podcast. But for this uh, particular little segment, I am going to bite the bullet and talk about it. The reason I don't is being fully licensed. We have a lot of rules and regulations about what we can and cannot say. So I've always erred on the side of not talking about investing and and the stock market. But uh, if you've been following the news in recent weeks, you will see that the stock market and investing has been front and center. Anywhere you look, you will read about Robinhood, Reddit, GameStop. Um, I have found this all particularly interesting having started my career out on Wall Street working for both uh, Bloomberg and Credit Suisse serving institutional clients, primarily hedge funds. So I have found the whole thing very interesting to watch. And so today I'm going to give you my two cents on investing in the stock market. I am a big believer in the stock market and being in the stock market as a long-term investor, meaning you're going to have a long-term horizon. Um, I would say that would be anywhere greater than two to probably five years, anywhere as long as 40 years in the market. And I think what we've been seeing in recent weeks, not for everybody, but in you know making a general statement here, has been more of gambling uh, or speculating in the market. And I think the big difference there is trying to get in and out of the market in a shorter period of time, anywhere under 12 months, maybe even a day or two days, and looking to make a big gain. And when you are looking to make a big gain like that, you usually have a lot of risk. So I am sure what we've seen in recent weeks, there have been a lot of people who have had major successes um, being in short term and having really nice gains. And then there will also be people who got burned um, in that scenario who they have losses. So I really believe in the stock market being an investor and investing in the stock market. And the reason why is because long-term, it is a great way to grow your net worth, and it also helps you keep up with inflation. 
And inflation is basically preserving your purchasing power of your dollar. So um, trying to help keep that, you know, the dollar today will buy certain goods and services. That same dollar in the future um, won't buy the same goods and services with inflation. So in order to keep up with that, so that maybe in the future, whatever you can buy today for a dollar, you're going to need $2 to buy the same goods and services. Uh, investing in the stock market can help your dollar preserve its purchasing power in the future. And to give you an example, if you invested in a good blue chip mutual fund, let's say back in the 30s, uh, that's when most of them got their starts uh, in the early 30s, and you held on to that and reinvested dividends and interest, meaning you didn't take any money out from the 30s through today, which is almost a 90-year track record, a good blue chip mutual fund would average somewhere around, I would say, 11 or 12% over that time frame, which is pretty incredible. Um, what we've been seeing in recent weeks is gambling, in my opinion, getting in and out, trying to make a good gain or a big gain and risking it all, as we would say, putting it all on black and hoping to have a huge return versus investing where you're going to buy and hold good investments and hold them for the long term and have a, you know, a decent return over a longer period of time, just like um, you know, holding something from the 30s through today and averaging 12% would be a great return. So that is my two cents, um, breaking it down versus investing versus gambling. And I really believe in the stock market as a great place for long-term investors. So I hope that is helpful. And you can follow us on Instagram, Future Rich Podcast, uh, to hear more about what uh, about personal finance. Thanks. I wanted to thank everyone for contributing to this episode of the show. I think it turned out great, and I'm sure my listeners will agree. You can find all of the people who contributed in the show notes below. And if you have your own thoughts on the market that you want to share with me, please reach out. I'd be happy to feature you on the podcast as well. Or if there's another topic you want to talk about, happy to have you on the show as well. Be sure to follow The Frug Life 2 on social media. I'll probably be talking about some of the things that have been happening to me lately, particularly how my hunt for real estate is going in this very crazy market. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the show, and as always, stay frugal.